Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. That would be me. Pearl Harbor Day, 80-year anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 2021. Another shout-out to the men and women of our military, our armed forces, to those alive and those who have passed. My deepest respect goes out to you for the sacrifices you made and continue to make to keep our nation free. Back in 1941, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and the United States military responded, proving that America was great. We saw decline in America ever since the Democratic Party took control of major cities and many states and basically said, you don't need a father figure in the home. Big Brother is here to take care of all of your wants and needs. They created a welfare state of which some of the lesser intelligent minority groups and many of the majority, the poorer, the less educated, less informed, less intelligent amongst our population, they fell for the lie. They fell for and continue to fall for the free handouts, the little carrot and the stick that keeps them below the poverty line instead of teaching them to become educated, work, and contribute to the American society. One of the results of the welfare state in the United States is, of course, the inherent laziness that comes along with a free check every month where someone doesn't have to work for a living. They don't contribute to the pot from which they take, and therefore our gross domestic product shrinks Our economy shrinks because we're giving out more and more and more of our resources to people who refuse to contribute. Now, I'm not talking about a paraplegic in a wheelchair on life support. I'm not talking about a 95-year-old person who worked their entire life and are now retired. I'm talking about the able-bodied, physically fit to a certain degree minorities and yes, some members of the majority of our nation who sit at their house or their apartment waiting on the second or third of the month for their next handout, their next welfare check, their next food stamp reimbursement to arrive. They don't contribute anything to the economy. They're like stray cats. They just show up on the third of the month for their freebies And then they go out and create hell and havoc on people the rest of the month. There's no excuse for sitting on your dead ass and doing absolutely nothing. No excuse whatsoever. There are people with two legs blown off and an arm blown off, blind in one eye, can't hear out of one ear because of their sacrifices in battle through our military. And they get up every morning and go to a job where they earn a living. They're not freeloaders. They're not beggars. They're not welfare cases. And somewhere along the way, that greatest generation from World War II, they're now in their 90s, their hundreds, their hundred tens. Some of them are still alive, but very, very few. And they had a duty, and they fulfilled their duty to their country, to their nation, to their fellow man. And then they came home, and they continued to work hard, and they taught their children, which would be likely your grandparents or parents, that a hard day's work and contributing to the American experience 
was a duty in and of itself. But somewhere along the way, people of the baby boomer generation had children and decided, you know what, I don't want my kids to have to work as hard as I did. So they sent them off to liberal colleges to get degrees in subjects that don't matter to the real development or improvement of our society. And those professors at those liberal universities happened to be the anti-military, anti-war, and now anti-police crowd that we called hippies back in the 1960s and 1970s. They're the people who are filling our young with the notion that you shouldn't have to work, you shouldn't have to contribute, and that the country sucks, and that you should be getting a freebie every month. Because those college professors, they just get up and spout their opinions, and they get paid by your tax dollars mostly. And the universities are run by those same hippies. So the cycle in a downward spiral continues. A San Francisco restaurant issued an apology Sunday after they told three uniformed police officers that they couldn't eat at the restaurant because their weapons made the staff feel uncomfortable. They said, we made a mistake and we apologize for the unfortunate incident Friday when we asked members of the San Francisco Police Department to leave our restaurant. Rachel Silcox and Christina Lydags Comptons own a restaurant called Hilda and Jesse, and they wrote an Instagram post with the apology, and now the Instagram page has been taken down. They are now saying, We are grateful to all the members of the force who work hard to keep us safe, especially during these challenging times. We hope this will be a teachable moment for us as we repair and continue to build bridges with the San Francisco Police Department. These are stressful times, and we handled this badly. Yeah, it was the empty cash registers and the massive backlash of people who support cops and the public at large who said, screw it, if cops aren't welcome at this restaurant, we're not coming back. We won't eat there anymore, and we'll openly protest because we have the right to do so. And when the cash registers were empty on Saturday, and again on Sunday, this, and not to mention all of the hate mail and threats and everything that were called into the restaurant and the protests against them, they decided to issue that feeble-minded, half-hearted apology. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the incident occurred on Friday when staff members, quote, politely, unquote, asked the officers to leave the restaurants because, quote, the presence of their weapons in the restaurant made us uncomfortable, unquote. The staff said in an Instagram post trying to explain away what they did that this was not a political statement. We did what we thought was best for our staff. In a statement on Twitter, San Francisco PD Chief Bill Scott said, Community engagement is a core principle of SFPD's 21st century police reforms, and we are intentional about asking our officers to support local businesses and get to know those they're sworn to safeguard. In other words, hey cops, go 
check out a local restaurant. Don't just pull into a national chain, grab a burger and leave. Go in, engage with the staff, engage with the customers. Let them know you're here to help, to protect, to serve with these whiny ass anti-gun liberal progressive nut jobs decided I saw a gun you guys have to leave you're upsetting me and my staff oh the horrors the police are carrying guns away Stanley Roberts wrote official response from one of the owners of the Hilda and Jesse restaurant quote Our restaurant is a safe space, particularly for queer and BIPOC individuals. BIPOC, in case you're not familiar with the term, is... um, It's like saying the N-word without saying the N-word, but in a polite way. According to Wikipedia, it is an abbreviation for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, used to refer to members of non-white communities. They have, to, they have to continue every single day trying to find new and worse ways to play the race card. That's really stupid. Anyway, back to this Stanley Roberts official Twitter official response from one of the owners of Hilda and Jesse. Our restaurant is a safe space, particularly for queer and BIPOC individuals. Furthermore, the fact that they were in uniform with multiple weapons on them made our staff uncomfortable and potentially other guests, so they were asked to leave. We would happily welcome them off-duty, out of uniform, and without weapons. We're sorry that the decision upset you. We understand your perspective, and you hope we hope you'll consider ours. San Francisco PD responded in a tweet, San Francisco Police Department stands for safety with respect, even when it means respecting wishes that our officers and I find discouraging and personally disappointing. Oh, my friends. The San Francisco Police Department. (laughs) They're trying, my friends. They're trying. The chief added, I believe the vast majority of San Franciscans welcome their police officers who deserve to know that they are appreciated for the difficult job we ask them to do in their uniforms to keep neighborhoods and businesses safe. Personally, personally, and I have the right to express my personal opinion, I hope no one ever walks into that restaurant again and spends another red cent in that restaurant. How dare you disrespect the cops? This is the Truth Hurts program. Let's hit a few of the headlines. I'll try and do this briefly without too, too much commentary, but just a little bit of Steve Z. Wit and Wisdom. Business Insider says, three reasons the labor shortage might stick around for years, according to J.P. Morgan. Labor shortages have persisted ever since Joe Biden took office. Employers are complaining they can't find workers. J.P. Morgan says shifting demographics and the pandemic, as well as demand for goods, are driving shortages. But as workers re-examine and these factors slowly ease, the shortages in the workforce could stick around for years. 
They claim more people are retiring, which shrinks the workforce. They also claim that the pandemic and pandemic-era policies of the Gropey Joe Biden administration are causing and perpetuating the labor shortages, and that people really want to buy stuff. They just want to stay home and not go to work because inherent laziness brought forth by the policies of the Biden administration are causing people to just simply want to stay home. Uh, and that's probably the truth, my friends. It's, it's really ridiculous. Yet you still have people begging on the street corners and begging at the intersections of the interstate saying they can't find a job. Buddy, if you can't find a job in this crappy economy with help wanted signs everywhere, then you're either an idiot or a moron or both. I wouldn't give a penny to a beggar at this point in time. Not one red cent. Omicron has now suddenly been detected in over a third of the United States states. Less than a week after the first coronavirus African Omicron virus was confirmed in the U.S., suddenly and magically now, one-third of the states claim they have cases, and they say it's continuing to spread rapidly. Well, does that not further lend credence and evidence to what I've been saying all along? This stuff is being deliberately passed out. You can't tell me that everybody who has been home, has been masked, has been vaccinated, can suddenly just get this Omicron African variant? Come on, guys. Early indications suggest this variant is less dangerous than the highly infectious Delta variant, but scientists say you should still hunker down and be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm telling you, my friends, this man-created virus, created by the likes of Dr. Anthony Fucci and his well-funded colleagues at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. This is a biological weapon developed specifically to harm humans. And whether it got out initially accidentally or was initially intentionally distributed, we now have to live with this. And I think Fufufuchi and his kind should all be grouped together and tried in an international court similar to a war crimes tribunal and sentenced to the maximum amount of time that a person can be sentenced. And while they're in prison, they should be infected with the biological weapon they created. To warn others, never screw around with Mother Nature again. The variant Omicron was first identified in South Africa where it has quickly become the dominant strain. And now, like everything else that comes from Africa, I always say nothing good ever came out of Africa. This African Omicron strain is creating havoc here in the United States. They named it Omicron, the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet, but you might notice they deliberately left out Xi, or Z, G, X, I is how it's pronounced, or spelled rather. Remember, the Chinese president's name is Xi, pronounced Xi. The WHO uses the Greek alphabet 
as a variant classification, simplifying the understanding and avoiding the stigmatizing of countries where they're first identified. After all, calling it the Africa variant would certainly cause people like me to call it the Africa variant and point out that nothing good has ever come here from Africa. Nothing good at all. The U.S. began restricting travel from South Africa and several other African nations, and gropey Joe Biden is not being called a xenophobe or a racist or a bigot, just like he and the Democratic Party called Donald Trump racist, xenophobic, and bigots when he, Donald Trump, imposed travel bans from some of those same exact countries. But you see, you have a willing media that is complicit in all of Joe Biden's misdoings, and they don't hate him like they hated Donald Trump. Of course, California was the state that identified the first African Omicron variant, and now it's in over one-third of the state's 16 reported Omicron cases this weekend. California, Colorado, Connecticut, Hawaii, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Utah, Washington State, and Wisconsin. It's been detected in 38 countries, including South Africa, Portugal, Canada, Australia, Belgium, Botswana, Hong Kong, Israel, Germany, Saudi Arabia, and like I said, a total of 38 nations. Right now, gropey Joe Biden, who sounds like he has coronavirus, hacking and coughing and wheezing, in addition to mumbling, fumbling, bumbling, crumbling, stumbling, tumbling, muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering, he says, Omicron is a cause for concern, but not a cause for panic. You see, the Democratic Party tried the panic angle twice already, and we're not falling for it again. By the way, as of Monday, no deaths have been associated with the new African Omicron variant. It has about 30 mutations on the spike protein, which once again goes right back to Dr. Fucci and his scientific group's meddling with the DNA sequence of a previously untransmissible coronavirus to humans from animals. Scientists say more data is needed to determine the severity of illness, but real-world evidence suggests Omicron is likely highly transmissible. Even Dutch authorities say they detected more than 60 COVID-19 cases among 624 passengers who flew on two flights from South Africa to Amsterdam's airport. That must be a really big set of planes. Filtration on planes are better, they claim. There tends to be mask requirements, and most airline companies are requiring negative COVID tests. So, a Dr. Swan from the Dutch Ministry of Health says they would not have expected this level of positivity so quickly on that flight, and they find it worrisome. COVID-19 vaccine developers with authorized shots in the U.S., Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson have all pledged to now reformulate their shots to protect against Omicron if necessary, which may now include an Omicron-specific booster. This thing is evolving, 
And it all goes back to Fuchi. But yet they keep allowing that little weasel, that little worm, that little clown on television as if he is some kind of hero. He is not. He is actually Dr. Death. He is complicit and should be tried as a war criminal for helping to create the Wuhan China novel coronavirus and all of its variants. There's some other nut jobs in the Democratic Party I wanted to bring to your attention today. One being, of course, Alexandria Horseface Cortez. She's detached from reality, the Washington Examiner says. AOC thinks rising theft rates in San Francisco are a myth. It's just really not happening. Organized theft has become so common in San Francisco that at least one major retailer has decided to shut down most of its stores in the area. More than $1 billion worth of goods was stolen primarily by Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minorities, but they won't tell you that in the news. You just need to look at the videos and you can tell it ain't white kids. One man's even been killed after being shot during a robbery attempt. But according to Representative Alexandria Ocasio Horseface Cortez, the Democrat New York congressperson, rising theft rates in liberal cities are simply a myth. She's insane. You realize that, right? She told the Washington Times, quote, A lot of these allegations of organized retail theft are not actually panning out. I believe it's a Walgreens in California that cited it, but the data didn't back it up. What, so you think all that material goods that were stolen just simply vanished into thin air? Like your brain, you vapish. Now, you vapid witch. Sorry. AOC is referring to data from the San Francisco Examiner, which claims the monthly number of shoplifting reports made to the San Francisco PD have remained below pre-pandemic averages. Reed Hayes is a criminologist at the University of Florida, points out that the number of police reports regarding retail theft is not an accurate representation of how many thefts occur, and certainly not of the volume of things taken. Here's an example. I walk into your house and I take your Apple iPod. You call the police. That's one report of theft, AOC. A bunch of Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minorities get together, let's say 200 of them, and they decide after having their little 40-ounce malt liquor meeting that they're going to go together and rob Nordstrom's and strip the store of a million dollars worth of goods. Do you honestly think or expect the store owner to make 100 calls of robbery, AOC? Do you think they're going to count the number of robbers and then make individual calls? Or do you think it would be one call, that's all? Do you think it would be one police report of 100 or so AA minority thugs? who came in and robbed you of a million or a billion or whatever the hell it is, dollars worth of goods. One police report for one massive organized crime spree. Businesses sometimes don't want to get law enforcement involved. Further complicating matters is businesses might treat the situation differently when there's no guarantee the thugs will be prosecuted. And in places like Los Angeles, San Francisco, 
and other liberal enclaves, AOC. They're simply not prosecuting AA 13% hyphenated American minorities if they don't steal $1,000 each at each occurrence. And they know if they do try and prosecute and the DA simply lets the perps walk, those perps now know they're emboldened. They're going to come back and not only rob again, but they might kick the store owner's ass for daring to have them arrested in the first place. These metrics can be dependent on unrelated factors used as the method to report shoplifting incidents. The number of reports does not have to increase for the thefts to become increasingly well-organized and brazen or the value of items stolen growing exponentially in value. Alexandria Ocasio Horseface Cortez is a moron. She is an idiot wrapped in a moron. There's no doubt in my mind that she is as clueless on this issue as she is on every other one. Organized crime and theft has gotten so bad in San Francisco, and it's a leftist district, that District Attorney Shasa Bowden has done an abrupt about-face to the problem. You might recall just a few months ago, Bowden was defending his decision to not prosecute petty theft or shoplifting, and now he is pledging to increase prosecutions again. Of course, the change of heart comes with the fact that people are calling for him to be fired. It's the political threat of a recall election that kicked him into gear. Or maybe he realized the organized robbers will continue to get bolder unless the city does something about it. Nah, I don't think he's that bright. I think it is the fact that people are threatening to get him kicked out of office that made him finally change his mind. Anyway, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I wish I could give the stupid, vapid witch award out, but I don't have such an award, and I don't think you'd fly down here to Louisiana to pick it up. Meanwhile, in the real world, the Washington Examiner reports Hundreds of mathematicians are warning against social justice-based mathematics standards. Oh, God, when does it end, people? Hundreds of scientists and mathematicians have signed a statement calling on educators to abandon their so-called well-intentioned efforts to close achievement gaps in math education, saying that doing so could have unintended consequences. The open letter on K-12 mathematics was a significant pushback against efforts to reform math education due to achievement gaps that fall along racial lines. Of course, the 13% AA-hyphenated American Blafrican minority scores absolutely at the bottom in achievement tests on mathematics, reading, spelling, science, and just about every other metric when it comes to measuring intelligence, and learning ability and achievement. Liberal activists and educators say reforms were necessary to achieve, quote, racial equity, unquote, due to the racially disparate achievement levels. The letter has been signed by 597 math professionals from around the country, including college professors, high school teachers, researchers, elementary and middle school teachers, engineers, physics, and computer science professionals. 
The letter says those well-intentioned efforts to reform math education, including a much maligned effort in California called the Mathematics California Framework, may superficially achieve goals of reducing student achievement gaps, but they're just kicking the can on down the road to college. They say this will lead to lower math achievement in schools, hurting the ability of students to enter science, technology, and math fields. My friends, the bottom line is this. One plus one is two. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Native American, whether you're Hispanic, or whether you're Asian. In America, the Asians figure out one plus one is two more so than the whites, the whites more so than the Hispanics, the Hispanics more so than the Native Americans, and the Native Americans much more so than the blacks. There is nothing in the world that could make a reasonable person think math, simple numbers, could possibly be racist. After all, 99.995% of all math written down in America is written on white paper with black ink. Think about that. There's no racism in math. My God, they will play the race card just to hear themselves play the race card. That, my friends, is ridiculous. We'll be right back.